This is Diego from Gino Dream. We, we are E. We are Wonder Horse. We're Bastel, and you're listening to Rock and Roll Rock with and it. Roll with it. There you go. We've got a very special guest today. In fact, our very first international guest. We have Hannah Wickland with us today. Hi, how are you? We're so delighted to have you on the show today. As Holly said, our first international guest. And I think the best way we can kick this all off is tell our listeners, if they've not heard about you, who is Hannah Wickland? Oh, boy. How do you want the long answer or the short answer? No. Give us the long answer. <laughs> um, well, I uh, I have been a musician my entire life. I was uh, very fortunate to grow up in a place, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where there were ample opportunities to get out and start playing my music for people at a pretty young age. So um, I've I've been well aware of what I want to do and and uh, who I want to become my whole life for the most part, and and that's. Uh, I think with this new record of mine, the prize, everything, all of the pieces have uh, started kind of coming together because music has been a part of my life forever, but I've also been doing art my whole life. My mom's an artist and art is really important to me. And so um, this new record is is kind of the amalgamation of the art side of my life and the music side of my life all you know, kind of meeting in the middle. So, um, so yeah, so I think as far as who I am, just uh, an artist at heart is the right answer. That's amazing. And so with your new album and the artwork that comes with it, is there an overriding story that comes between the two? Are they interconnected? Um, yeah, I mean, the overall, I'd say like the overall theme of this record is uh, the passing of the baton from girlhood to womanhood. Um, you know, it's really, it was written when I was, all the songs were written when I was like uh, 21 years old, which is, I think that like crux point of where you're like really, you know, I, I spent, you know, maybe 18, 19, 20 thinking that I had certain things, you know, figured out and stuff. And then I think, um, 21 is where you realize like, oh, like I am actually starting to become an adult, but I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Like, I think that adulthood is more of like, it's a transition. It's not like this, like destination you get to. And, um, so yeah, so I think that the, the, the stories within the prize are, um, you know, a little bit more pointed. It's more, you know, told through the lens of, you know, breakups, you know, romantic breakups, um, business breakups, you know, like there's kind of, it's, it's hitting on different chapters. So there's, um, you know, a couple of songs like Songbird Sing and uh, The Prize, the title track that are more rooted in uh, my relationship with myself. So, um, you know, I think when it came time to put the visual side together and have the art kind of tell the story of each record or of each song. Um, I, because I did a, a painting for each song for the listeners who don't, you know, know, um, I basically created an over overarching world that it was the world of the prize, which is, you know, a castle floating on a cloud. And then um, each song kind of in my mind depicts um, you know, like a different journey. And I, I chose a different animal for each song. Um, and yeah, so I think that the, I think that the, the art 
is definitely taken and inspired by the music um but yeah i mean the artwork's absolutely beautiful for all of those listeners out there you really do need to go and check it out but let's let's go right back to the start we've gone right to the end let's let's go back to the start and let's talk about how you became an artist and the journey from the beginning sure yeah i mean i started my band when i was eight years old and we started playing out shows when i was nine and uh i i pretty much said yes to any show that came my way we would do a lot of like free benefit shows and do a lot of um like oyster roasts and uh little little things like that and then um i graduated high school a couple of years early so like a, shortly after I turned 16, I took the show on the road, so to, so to speak, and um, I started touring. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically I consider like my path and, and my career kind of like this one snowball that I've just like it's slowly been pushing along because originally I started out um, at eight with a band called the Stepping Stones, and we were like a power trio like classic rock cover band that um you know we started doing originals and we put out our first dp at 12 or i was 12 the guys oh, that's were, like, awesome yeah it was uh i we still have them we we like burned the discs on my mom's computer and then we like we printed out the labels and me and my dad would like assemble we probably assembled like two or three thousand of these like cardboard CDs that we would sell at the merch table. So I've been selling original music at, at my shows since I was 12. And um, I did another EP at 14. And then we did um, a full length record called Looking Glass, which the song Looking Glass is on my last record, Hannah Wicklin and the Stepping Stones, which um, you know, I wrote that song when I was 15 and I wasn't totally in love with the original recorded version, but I loved the song, which is why I chose to re-record that for my last record um, that I put out about six years ago. And and then I did a similar thing with the song Mama Said, which was on uh, the full length record that I recorded after Looking Glass when I was like 16. Um, so Looking Glass and Mama Said were always, uh, like standouts for me from that era of my, of my playing and of, of my life. And so I, uh, chose to re-record those and release them on, you know, my last record, which I think the perception, and, and this was intentional, but the perception was that that was kind of like my first record ever. Um, and it was the first record that I wanted to live on, uh, cause I had been like a teenager and my voice had changed a bit and, you know, the production was a lot better. So in an effort to basically, you know, basically quality control, I, I never put those last, um, those like earlier records online or anything. And, and it was still under the name, the stepping stones, which, um, it was still, I was, I was like the songwriter and it was still very much, you know, my project. And I was definitely the, um, the driving force behind the band, but, uh, it wasn't until I was like 19 and I found myself in Nashville and the guys I had been playing with, I went and started dating one of my drummers, which was a no, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then my, my bass player of a few years, uh, you know, he, got a little homesick and I just had, I just found myself 
in Nashville with like this entirely full year and uh, basically decided that it was, it, it had always kind of been me and I had never wanted it to be Hannah Wickland. I wanted so desperately to be in a band, but um, that's kind of what, what set me on my more individual embracing Hannah path. Mm. Um, that's just amazing though, to get, to get to that conclusion though, at age 19 is still crazy and to go on that journey from being eight years old. Well, yeah, I feel like I want to zone in on that because it's, there's a big personal journey as well as a musical journey within this. But even going back to the start, like I'm thinking what I was doing at eight, yeah. like let alone musically. And you say there about how at first you're playing classic rock covers, but writing your own music at 12, like what were the big influences on you? What are you writing about at age 12? You know, I, I started writing songs when I was, four years old. I have, I started playing piano when I was three and, um, and the Beatles were my like first real heavy influence. So when it comes to like a fantastic, you know, first musical inspiration, like as a songwriter, the Beatles, I mean, gosh, those songs are so fun and so deep yet they can be lighthearted. Like there's just, you you have all the flavors of music, in my opinion, within the Beatles discography. And so I think that um, they were probably the biggest inspiration for me to like start writing so soon. But, but yeah, I have, I have like song books from, and let me tell you, my lyrics have come a long way. <laughs> but um uh, I, I basically, you know, I, I had a hard time um, when I was, so when I was eight years old and I started the band uh, with Mick Ray, um, my bass player who I played with for like seven and a half years. And then um, Mark Bradley Jr. was our drummer. And um, in 2006, we had played a couple of shows out together as, as a band, but um, Mark's father was a private plane pilot and they uh were flying to go visit their grandparents and uh, mark and and his dad and his three little sisters went down in the plane and mark was um he was ultimately on life support he was the only survivor and he was on life support for about two months and that was just such a such a dark period and and i was young and hadn't really comprehended or grasped death in general and then to kind of be confronted with all of all of that um it was hard and and i found myself when i went back to school he had gone to private school and um i went to public and nobody really was aware of you know like maybe people had heard about what had happened over the summer but um you know, I, I found myself getting, I'd always had a hard time with bullies and stuff, but it just got so amplified after that. I think that grief is a really big target for people. And um, so I, I decided at the end of that year, after going back to school, that I was going to uh, say see you later to all the, all the kids I've been in class with and graduated um, basically elementary school um, at the end of my fourth grade year, which actually just painted a much larger target on my back when it came to bullying and Hannah Montana had just come out. So like people were like their the favorite line was like, 
go back to fourth grade, Hannah Montana. And oh, oh I, I, I didn't do a very good job of not giving a reaction, which I think I still struggle with, not like wanting to like confront, you know, the, the stuff. And uh, so I think by the time I was 12, I had already, I'd already felt um, a lot of complex emotions uh, as a young person. And so, um, you know, it's interesting because I'm, I actually just uh, am about to be sending out the, the vinyl copies of The Living Vault, which is a record that um, I kind of consider to be like a little sister to the prize. Um, and that one will be going up on DSPs eventually, but for now I wanted the prize to really be the, the record of the moment. But um, The Living Vault is uh, basically a collection of songs that I wrote kind of like Looking Glass and Mama Said when I was younger, um, but from the ages of 12 through 17. And I went in with my older brother and we re-recorded um, a handful of these tracks to release on this, you know, Basically, it's an EP, but I called it the Living Vault because it's songs from my youth that I might I, that I want to keep playing. But um, you know, there's there's a song uh, versus the villain that I wrote when I was 12 years old, and um, it's got some lyrics in there that I'm I'm still very proud of. And uh, and I but I now at 26 because it was always it was just what I was doing. So in my mind, it was just like, oh, well, this is it. But in looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm a fucked up 12 year old writing some <laughs> stuff. You know, like, oh no, I wasn't. I didn't say it in that way. I just think that you know your talent is it starts right from the beginning, and that that's that's really special. But I suppose my my real interest would be, you know, if you could if you had a nine year another nine year old stand in front of you right now and said what's your secret what what advice can you give me to starting my band or starting my life out as a musician oh i love that well i would my my first piece of advice would be um to radically be yourself so be yourself to whatever degree and whatever extent you want to at any time um and also to just take as many opportunities, especially, you know, in the beginning, um, there's, you know, that whole like 10,000 hours concept, I believe in, I truly believe in that. Uh, and so, you know, I played so many free shows and so many, um, you know, almost free shows <laughs> growing up. And that's, that is the most helpful thing as, um, even if you're not a young person, but if you're just somebody trying to do anything, it's just, you know, eager, eagerly say yes. And then the time will come to, um, you know, be a little bit more picky and choosy and all that stuff. I will say to not, I, I probably wouldn't recommend someone go to the lengths that I did. I was playing like by the time I was 15, I was playing like nine, three hour shows a week. And Jeez. like, just like literally like working my little tailbone um, to a nub. <laughs> so I, I'd say like within reason, say yes to everything. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's, it can be an intimidating process. Um, I was really, really lucky to have the support of my parents and of my older brother. Um, but 
I think, I think we each have our own path and it's truly just about following your own. So yeah, I, I, I just say, just, you know, be yourself and say yes to opportunities is a good start. Well, I'm, I'm really interested because we've talked a bit about the journey and what's that, what that has culminated in with the prize, which now the time of listening is out right now. So go and have a listen, everyone listening in. Um, mm -hmm. But talking about that journey, one of the most interesting things I think I've ever heard any musician say about their own life and about their own career is that they learned something from every single show they played. And I really liked the idea of that, but I don't think they quite had the commitment to playing shows in mind that you have had on your career, <laughs> whether it be playing three, three hour shows a week and you've just played all sorts of shows, just been in the UK about to embark on massive world tour. Do you find that, especially having played quite so many shows already in your career? Oh, certainly. Uh, I think that each show has its own flavor and it's not just about what you're learning on stage. A lot of it is what you're learning off stage. So at the beginning of my career, when I was like playing out as a kid and stuff, a lot of the learning curves came with like, what do you do when your pedal board goes out? You know, how do you um, handle having to switch guitars because a, a string breaks? Like, what do you do if you only have one guitar and a string breaks? Like, there's all these like little like like I I call I'd like consider it like that like first level like things that you have to learn because because really that's what experience does is it's you're there's always going to be something that goes wrong. It does not matter what level you are at. Um, we were playing a show. I was playing in basically like an arena a couple of weeks ago and my neck pickup on my guitar just went out out of nowhere. And I still had a little bit of signal, but like, I only have a, I only had like a 20 minute set. So like, for me, it's not like time to stop. And so like, I had to like make do and my, my fucking guitar was like popping in and out. Like, it does not matter. You're always going to have issues. So I think that like base layer of learning things is just learning how to deal with, you know, the punches. And then I think like a little bit more of like minutia comes in, you know, you start learning how to interact with the audience on the mic. You're learning how to interact with the audience when you're off stage. Um, you know, I've, I definitely learned a lot over the last couple of years being an opener. Um, cause most of my career I've been built and I've been building as a headliner and I've been playing a lot of, you know, small club shows and things like that. And having the opportunity to go out with Marcus King last year. And then of course, Greta Van Fleet, it's a totally different dynamic. Um, you know, so there's like a whole new set of rules basically as like being the opener and like, do not go over your time slot and, <laughs> you know, do not do X, Y, and Z. And Have you and, made uh, those mistakes and learned from them as a result? Have you learned the hard way? <laughs> I see you smiling. That's why I asked. <laughs> I've, I've had a couple, I've, trust me, I've learned some lessons, a lot of lessons the hard way. Um, <laughs> I will say one of my, one of the things that I am actually very good at is timing my set. Okay. So I'm trying to think, I, I think maybe I went over by like, I don't really know. I don't really think I've gone over. I think that, I think that's one of those rules that they tell you ahead of time. You know, the, the tour manager or whoever you're opening for is like, yeah, you know, make sure you 
she don't go over. And uh, I took that one. I took that one very seriously. So I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm okay in that department, but, um, but yeah, lots, lots and lots of things. I think, I think for me, um, now that I'm 26 and I've been on the road for like 10 years, one of the things that took me a little bit to learn is how to let certain things roll off my shoulders because, um, I think that it's gotten a lot better now. I think that women uh, are getting a little bit more respect um, than we were like six years ago inside of, you know, the touring side of the industry. And, um, but boy, oh boy, have I had some sound guys and had some, you know, venue managers and like people like that, that, you know, it's almost like you're wondering like, am I even welcome here? Do you even want me to be here? So I think in those moments, like, I think that as I've progressed and as I've, you know, I've been very comfortable on stage for a long time. So I'd say that most of the things that I'm learning at this point in life are more of the life things that come into play with touring and and being on stage and such. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've, you've had to learn a lot of lessons on the way you've experienced a lot and you know, really honed in on your craft. So I suppose a really big question to ask is, since you've been performing all of these years with the new album out today, what is different about this album to the previous or previous music through your musical career? I'd say this is a very different record for me. Um, In some ways, it's me kind of coming full circle and um and it feels the most me uh this is the most authentic record that i've ever put out um you know i there's i wrote the whole record with the exception of two songs or co-writes um but i think that it's i think that it's the first time that i really just accepted um exactly what i felt like saying at the time and didn't really try to sit down and think of like oh, well, I need like, I need more of a riff song or because a lot of times you're trying to balance out a record and um, or like, you know, other people's thoughts or ideas kind of come into your head, especially, um, you know, when I was younger, there's a lot of, you know, industry and record people saying, oh, you should listen to this. And have you heard this? And what do you think about trying to do something like this? And um, and I think that this was my last record. I had a little bit of that kind of stuff ruminating in my brain. And, and, um, this one just feels very solid, solidly me. Um, and it's, it's, I think a really important record, um, in my development because I have embraced my femininity and my womanhood through these songs in a completely different way. Um, than ever before because when I grew up I was I was covering you know all the raunchy rock and roll songs that let's face it are basically just like objectifying and sexualizing women throughout the whole song and I'm like 11 and 12 13 14 years old singing you know rock you like a hurricane and like you know just like all these songs that in hindsight I'm just like oh my gosh no wonder I was so confused about how to feel about myself so I think that um, having rock and roll out there that women can listen to and actually feel uplift, uplifted is instead of degraded, 
um, is something that I'm I'm really excited to be um, hopefully providing. I hope that's the way that some people uh, feel about the music because I kind we kind of joked around in the studio and we're like we're gonna call this knowledge rock. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really silly and kind of not rock and roll in, in its own name, but I think that that kind of works. So. See, I feel like you could be starting your own niche here. Like, you've got to patent that straight away. Get on that. You are the you know owner. Knowledge I will. Knowledge <laughs> rock. That's right. I like that. Um, I do want to zone in on something there, there, there that you said, though, which I find really interesting. You're saying about how personal this record feels. And you mentioned a little bit earlier about how you always wanted to be in a band. You didn't want to be just billed as Hannah Wickland. And obviously the first album, which came out in 2018, is Hannah Wickland and the Stepping Stones. And this is you front and center. I know you toured with a band, you toured with a band, you record with a band. What's that step, what's that step like making that change and really putting your name out there and taking ownership of that? You know, that's interesting. I hadn't myself thought about that correlation and the fact that this record is the, I think of it as like my, like, I don't know what, what word, I have no proper word coming to mind right now, but um, yeah, my last record, I was still very much so attached and still wanting to be able to find like a band, you know, I was willing to give away like two thirds of my life's work just so that I didn't feel so alone. Um, and yeah, I guess the, I guess the symbolism in it being the first record that I am releasing as Hannah Wickland, it is so personal. And I, I, now that you say it, it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't really imagine these songs being released under a band name, um, which is really cool. Cause it kind of, it, it kind of affirms everything that, uh, has transpired and is, is, um, that's a very good feeling. So thank you for pointing that out. Uh, I love that. Yes, this is this is me in all its all its uh, positives and negatives. This is this is me for sure. That's brilliant. So what 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 would you say was the highlight of making this record? Oh, man, there were a lot of highlights. Um, there was a lot. I mean, it was a completely different experience than when I've recorded anything else. I mean, any other time in the studio, I've had a, I've had a shoestring budget and about ten days, literally, to get the project wrapped. And um, this, I think we, I think we were in the studio working on this for like maybe nine, ten months, on and off. Um, obviously not like every day, but a significant amount of time was spent in the studio on this record. And, um, Sam who produced the album, um, treated this, this project with such care. And, uh, and I got to actually experience what working with someone was like. Um, I think when I was young, person in the studio in the past working with like kind of older dominant male energy it was very um it felt kind of constraining and I never quite felt like I could express myself in the studio very very well and so um this was the polar opposite experience and um so I'd say you know like that was that was really special was being able to kind of reframe my relationship with the studio as a whole. 
Um, and, you know, I, I've been able to now build my own label um, through this experience, which was, uh, you know, kind of came out of necessity, like the, the path to releasing this record was quite difficult. Um, and so it took me basically just, just taking matters into my own hands. And um, so I'd say that that was one of the silver linings of this record as well, is that uh, I've, I've really, I feel very, very, very firm in who I am and what my path forward from this point looks like. So I don't know, this record brought me a lot of great things. Um, my personal life has never, I've never been happier. And, and that was definitely a result of this record. And um, yeah, I've, I have a lot, I have a lot to thank uh, the prize for. Hmm. Well, it's a, listening to the prize. We've listened all the way through several times now. And there's such a cool variety of sounds, even just as you put on that first track, we the word we used was quite cinematic more than anything. Actually, we came away listening to the first track going, this could be a Bond song. Like we thought it was oh. we thought it was very grandiose, felt really big. And, Hell in the hallway, wasn't it? Yeah. We were like, oh yeah, I can really see that. I and love then, that. <laughs> and then as you listen through more of the record, you do have these more intimate moments and it's it's such a cool variety of all sorts of sounds that come together so nicely. And I feel like everything we've been talking about, this journey from the nine-year-old who potentially did have their own struggles and wanting to be in a band as you got older and now finding this identity and everything you've spoken about, it's such a cool conglomerate of everything. I don't know if that's the right word, but... Oh, I love that word. That works great. Um, thank you. Yeah. I'd say it's a real coming together. You can, I mean, I totally get the uplifting side of the record. I can really hear it, like hearing you say it is kind of going to that stage of, you know, becoming a woman in all senses. Like, I I really feel that. And I think, you know, if you can get that from a record and feel something, then it's pretty special. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. That uh, that means a lot. You're you're definitely um, my target audience with these with these songs, I think, which was not intentional. I just, you know, I, I, I did have a, a whole period of my uh, of my career there for a few years when I was touring. And, um, you know, I think that my guitar playing has, you know, definitely been helpful in my career. But I think that there was a point in time where I was being heralded as like, you know, shredder, guitar girl, whatever. And um and for me my career and my music is so much more than my guitar playing um and i've i've always been passionate about my songs but i think that through this record i've realized just how much of a songwriter um i truly feel um that i am and and um and it feels really really nice to have you know, young, like-minded women connecting to these lyrics. Um, that really, that really warms my heart. So thank you. One thing that I've got to ask as well, we've talked a lot about this journey and obviously it's taken a lot of time to really craft this album and hone it to how you want it to be. What's the next step on this journey, not just for the music, but for you, Hannah? Well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely 
now that I have this record coming out, uh, or now that it's out, um, I am really excited to be able to zoom out and look at the bigger picture, um, which, you know, obviously I'm, I'm always going to release music and that comes very naturally for me. And, and especially with this new label that I've carved out and stuff, I have a very safe practical place to be launching this music from, which has been a lot of what I've been struggling and, and spending my time, you know, worrying and focusing on over the last, I mean, basically decade, my, my career side has been really volatile when it comes to like other people managing me and, you know, trying to get labels. It's just been so um, distracting that now I think that the I think that my path being a lot easier in that department, um, you know, I'm really excited to use use my powers for good, um, and and hopefully in the next few years try and carve out um, a path or help carve out other people's paths too. You know, I think that being a woman in rock and roll, it's such a it's such like a a trope you know but it's actually very true and it and a lot of the things that i've struggled with i know i am not alone and i know that there's probably a lot of other uh women and musicians out there that um haven't haven't had the easiest time and so um in the grander scheme of things i'm really hoping that strawberry moon records becomes a home for for some other badasses and um, you know, I have aspirations outside of just music. Um, and, you know, I, I want to write a book, I want to work on some film television stuff. I've been auditioning for um, things for the last like year and a half. Um, obviously not with the strikes. So that was a nice break from auditioning. But, but yeah, so I think, I think that my world after the prize is going to be able to open up and expand in a totally new way. And I'm, I'm very thrilled for it. Well, I think what we've got from that is we need to be keeping an eye out for Hannah Wickland. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Hannah, for taking the time to talk. We are about two minutes away from our Zoom in meeting ending so we we don't want it to cut off suddenly um so thank you so much for talking to us it's been an absolute delight getting to know you and talk to you so thank you very much thank you guys i appreciate you having me and hopefully i'll see you at some shows next year in the uk yes yes go and listen to the prize now if you are listening it is out go check out all the artwork that accompanies it and as hannah says all sorts of dates. She's coming to the UK in May and June. So go and get some tickets for that. You won't regret it. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thanks, y'all. Bye.